There's, there is no. This is, this is like proof of the supernatural. I, that's the only. As there's no explanation for it in any possible way. It doesn't make any sense at all. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Brian Chesko. And listen, guys, uh, for those of you who haven't listened to Side A, number one, listen to it. <laughs> number two, I just want to bring this up real quick as we as we dive into the rest of the games that we have not addressed yet here in Side B. And that is, what you're not going to hear today is Scott Wiebe. Unfortunately, he is not with us today. Uh, he has had a death in the family, and they're doing important family things. And so we horribly miss him. The show obviously is never the same without him. And so unfortunately for the rest of you, you're going to have to suffer through Brian and I as we drudge through the rest of these games. Also, we'd be remiss to say, look, in England, horrible tragedy this week, Leicester City, Football club experienced something with their chairman that no one ever wants to experience. Helicopter crash. Horrible. So many lives affected by it. Along with here in the U.S. where we live, a mass shooting, another one in Pittsburgh. And it, it look, at times this world can seem like a very dark place. And uh, it, it, I, we just want to kick this part off. Again, if you haven't heard Side A, we addressed it. Knowing that fantasy soccer, fantasy Premier League, truly means nothing in this world. But the things that are really, really important, we don't want to think, we don't want you to think that we don't think that they're important. And so by us jumping into our podcast, hoping to maybe put a smile on your face when all these rough things are kind of going on, we just don't want you to think that we're not seeing it clearly and for, for what it truly is. So Brian... We should. It's a good word. Get on to the matches. Crystal Palace 2. Arsenal 2. Brian Gunners had won 12 in a row. Mm. But unfortunately for the Gunners, you were right when you said a couple weeks ago that Crystal Palace is a very tough place to play. I mocked it. On some level and said, come on, Brian, what are they going to do? Score goals? They haven't scored there all season. Boy, was I wrong. Brian was right, as usual. Crystal Crystal Palace was tough. Look, there's a big part of me that thinks it was such crap to see two goals scored by penalties because that's the only way Crystal Palace could get shots off. But you know what? The final score, Brian, is the final score. 2-2. Yep. Uh, Actually, Dave, Crystal Palace outshot. Arsenal oh, don't match. try to win me over with stats. That was 16-7 to 7 in favor of Crystal Palace. Oh, come the on. Match. They were peppering uh, Bernd. Leno? Leno. Leno. We can talk about that some other time. Okay, fair enough. No, I mean, it was Crystal Palace had more shots on target. 3-2. to two. No, they were, listen, all, all my, my point was, Crystal Palace is different at home in that Selhurst Park is magic. And so, yes, they've been... because they have cheerleaders. They, <laughs> that helps everyone, obviously. <laughs> sure. Uh, 
they've played some pretty tough opponents. You don't expect them to do better than 2-0 at home against Liverpool. You do expect them to do better than 2-0 at home against Southampton until you find out that they were derailed going into that match by not having Wilfred Zaha, who is the difference between them winning and losing. Sure. So, yes, you don't like a nil-nil draw at home to Newcastle, but it's still a nil-nil draw. And they had the same kind of thing against inform Wolverhampton Wanderers at home, a match that it really could have gone either way. Right. So, them at home, defensively, they've been defensively all season, they've been very good. Yep. And uh, no, I think it's just the spirit of the team. I mean, they this I I don't think honestly, Crystal Palace one. I hate to, it's maybe a bit cliche. I don't think they're scared of anybody. I think they believe that they should be able to hang with just about anyone. Right. They have a that they have an attitude of hard work, and I feel like they have a consistent backline, which keeps showing the consistency of a of a strong back line is showing itself and its value match after match for all teams this season. Right. Sako, Tompkins, Van Onholt, Juan Basaka. You like that back four. It's a Those tough, guys are strong. It's a tough out. And Wayne Hennessy is still playing very well. Let's. I never even mentioned this because I'm not used to doing this because Scott normally takes care of this, but Luka Milivojevic got the two goals for Crystal Palace on yep. each goal a penalty. Granite Xhaka with a laser-free kick, yeah, and then oh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang yeah. benefiting from a hand-of-God goal from assist from Lacazette. I wish it would have been an assist for Lacazette. Crazy. Anyways, well, I did not mention that, and obviously that those points are important. Brian. Yes. Let's move on to some fantasy-relevant things. Not that what we were discussing. Crystal Palace is completely fantasy-relevant. Sort of. At least they were. Well, so Crystal, I think going so, into their their schedule, they're not. So anymore. I feel like that's the first thing is if we want to get through Crystal Palace quickly. One, if you're a Wilfred Zaha owner, if you still are holding on to Wilfred Zaha, you you don't like that his value is going down, but you do like that Wilfred Zaha gets an assist here in the match. You do get attacking returns from Wilfred Zaha, despite the fact that he's been one of the most transferred out forwards. Uh, for the past few weeks, for good reason. Not only has his, not only has the form been uh, iffy in the weeks leading up to this, but on top of that, you don't love. This is the start of their four match run where it's really difficult for them. So you're thrilled to get an assist out of this. Uh, you're not thrilled to see Chelsea, Tottenham, and Manchester United yet to come in the next three weeks. Yeah. Same thing for people who still hold. Wayne Hennessy, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, James Tompkins is being sold a ton. For me, as a Wan-Bissaka owner, right. I feel like his price warrants holding. I agree, although I took the liberties a couple weeks ago. You, I you turned Wan-Bissaka into De, Dejan Lovren. If you've had him since the beginning of the season, like I have... You know, he started at a four. Sure. He's a 4.3 currently. So, you know, if even transferring him out, you're still gaining a tenth uh, on the sales. There are definitely players, you know, in less than four and a half pounds who are worth plenty of consideration. And I'm sure at this point you can find the money to go from him to just about uh, just about anybody. But either way, I, I think it's I think I might just hold him because, again, it's it's more about I think it's more about the fact that he's still 
ridiculously cheap. Mm. And okay. once and once the schedule eases up, I mean, I feel like he's he's just as useful in four weeks as anybody else. All right, hey Brian, Arsenal. There are a few fantasy things worth mentioning there. Dave, you need to answer the question for the entire world. Okay. No hotter commodity in fantasy Premier League than Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Right. Mere merely seven days after there was no hotter commodity in fantasy Premier League than Alexander Lacazette. Right. That's true. Dave. What gives? Well, I currently own Lacazette. Yeah. The last two weeks. The first two weeks, like in the previous eight, you haven't gotten any type of fantasy returns. I personally thought that he'd be a better own against some of the better teams just because of how the team seems to work and his role in it. Okay. I I would think that against Liverpool, the chances of Lacazette scoring are better than Aubameyang. But Aubameyang has the poacher's knack. He's on the back post. He gets that goal, right? Man, he just always seems to be at times at the right place at the right time. He's the one that makes the runs, the Ozil sees, the Ozil feeds out of nowhere. That Man, he just kind of nicks and knacks his way into goals and assists. He's just a good footballer. Yeah, isn't that annoying? He just is. I don't know what to do. I currently own Lacazette, but man, I'm regretting. I'm like, I'm seeing a Bamiyang score, and and I see his price go up, and and Lacazette's price hasn't gone down, but it's there's a chance it could. Man, I'm just, I'm a little, as an Arsenal fan, I'm just loving what's going on. Sure, I would have loved to have gotten a win against Crystal Palace, um, but you know, it just, it just didn't happen for whatever reason. Credit to Palace. Palace played well. So, I think a lot of people were looking at it and going, when's Arsenal going to wake up and start playing? I think they were overlooking the fact that Palace was just playing really good at home. So the question is, Dave, now that you own one, I mean, is this like a grass is greener? Like Obama Yang keeps producing here? His conversion rate at this point is absurd. Right. And the question is, do you do you expect that Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is going to continue this level of production? He has seven goals from ten shots on target. Yeah, that's a kind of ridiculous amount, but it kind of goes to the thing that like he's not fluking goals in; he's just always in the right place at the right time. Now, should the should his goal have not counted? So I can't tell if it hits Lacazette's wrist. It kind of looks like it does. It definitely seems to hit the defender behind his his face. But it could have deflected off Lacazette. And if it touches Lacazette's hand or arm at all, it should be a handball. Mm-hmm. And therefore not counting. But we don't have VAR. Even if there was, it was there, it's, it might have been so slight that it, it might not have mattered. So it's, And you're not taking it away. I mean, it, it no. happened. And there have been plenty of dubious goals scored already this season. So not, I'm not asking that. It's it definitely just, was dubious. And I don't so. want to create any controversy because this podcast is not about controversy at all. <laughs> sure. Sure. What I'm saying is, so Lacazette was the hottest hand, and you would say had his chances. And then the last two weeks probably should have buried at least one. He's definitely you're at, you're you're exactly right in the in what you're saying. The last two weeks he's had very good chances and just hadn't he hasn't been as opportunistic as Aubameyang. So it's not like Lacazette hasn't and or won't get the chance. He probably will. Probably why I'm going to stick with him. Okay, but I mean, for a money perspective, Aubameyang's got to be a little tempting, right? Money, just because he keeps going up. I know. 
And I'm sure plenty of people who own Sergio Aguero are seeing that exact thing. He keeps scoring goals, and Aguero keeps not. If Arsenal... Well, again, I'll go back to this, and this is why it's even more painful. Kind of going back to Scott's point a few weeks ago of that sometimes you get an emotional attachment and or detachment to a player based on the results prior in the season. I owned Aubameyang earlier. Obviously, I didn't get any returns from him in the first three weeks. Then I sold him, and I haven't owned him since. And, of course, all he's done since then is... Is produced. Yeah, and Pride says I can't buy him back after what yeah, I did to just him. This, it's just this ongoing battle back and forth. So, anyways, I don't know what to do about that. But as a Gunner fan, I love to see it. Uh, period, and therefore, it's also easier to, if I don't own any Arsenal players, if Arsenal loses, then and my fantasy team does okay, then it could still be a good day. But if the fantasy team loses and Arsenal loses, it just tends to be a crappy day. So, so. As someone also that owns Lacazette, which yes. I, I went from Kane to Lacazette. Right. And now, with three of the next five fixtures for Arsenal being, I would say, not great. Having to play home to Liverpool, home to Tottenham, and then at Manchester United in three of the next five. Does is Should that have factored in the decision to just leap on these guys? Liverpool is obviously as tight of a defensive unit as there is gunners to me at home i said this last week i I feel like the way they're playing especially at home i don't kind of care who it is that's coming in there right but at the same time you know you're you are saying nil nil one one do you really feel like this is something that is this a concern and then i would say like look at the people who are owned more if you're a sergio aguero owner if you're a harry kane owner if you are a lukaku owner which, you know, all of those guys, the Lukaku's, you know, now has dropped a ton as far as ownership goes. Good good for all of you who are doing that. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, is the urgency to move to one of these guys, is it there? Should it be as, as bandwagony as it is right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. It, it's a very good, because of, of their upcoming schedule, I think it's it's worth a thought. I think, though, that... For the most part, both of them are somewhat matchup proof. I mean, is United's defense scaring you? No, they've letting in more goals this year than I think than they ever have in any Premier League season mm-hmm. of recent re- remembrance. Tottenham isn't as strong in the back without Vertonghen. That's true. And I just think that Arsenal's been playing really good. They've been in great form. I, I hope Moreno plays <laughs> right. for Liverpool. Yeah, he won't. I have a feeling you're going to see Andy Roberts That's right. back in that. So, well, look, Liverpool's fantastic. So, I, I, I don't expect much this coming weekend. Mm. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. But look, I, I think Lacazette and Aubameyang are still going to be good owns, although they are coming off their best stretch of the season. Right? Yeah. Everyone knew that this was Arsenal's best stretch. Arsenal did the most with that stretch that they could, for the most part. They could have won against Crystal Palace and truly done the most. Right. But winning 12 games in a row in all competitions, man, that's really good. Not drawing any. So I still think you'll be okay if you own them. Um, The last thing, uh, uh, one of the other hottest uh, commodities, one of the most purchased other players uh, entering the week was your favorite piece of soggy toilet paper. Mezit. Mezit. On one hand, I think as somebody who, along with you, defended him in the preseason, I was, one, 
sad to see him leave early in this match, even right. as somebody who does not own him. He Two, left in the 67th minute. Glad to see that he was obviously furious about having to leave early. Wow. Not happy. Not a happy guy. No. I think he was very personally insulted. It's interesting. There's multiple multiple dynamics going on. I think he... My initial thought was he's really insulted. He's the captain. Two mm -hmm. weeks in a row, he's been the captain. And the captain's getting subbed, subbed off at 67 minutes. The, my other thought was this. Good for Unai Emery. Good for Unai Emery. Yep. And the fact that you are willing to bench your captain... Bench your highest score, uh, paid player. And because whatever effort you wanted to see wasn't there. Does right? this guy need more messages sent to him, though, at this point? Well, I don't think Emery cares about messages. I think he wants to play whoever's going to give him the most effort out there. And if you don't want to do it, then you can hit the road, Jack. And okay. credit to him, I think. And look, Mesut, Brian, you even mentioned it to me. He himself noticed at one point when the ball was given away, for about a second, he yeah. slacked. And then all of a sudden, he realized what he was doing, and, and then he got, raced got back. back on the horse. Yeah, he, he raced back and, and tried to retrieve the ball back yeah. from, from, uh, from a defensive position. It's not something that comes natural to him. I think it's something that he's truly got to focus on. And uh, I think it's going to make him a better player. But Unai says, hey... I don't give a flip if you're the captain or not. If you don't perform, then you're going to come out of the game. Yeah. I guess Arsenal, if anything, was uh, I mean, the fact that they scored two on the, the little tiny amount that they actually put on net. Um, the fact that you know nobody had more than two shots. The fact that Xhaka was starting was uh, defensive. Probably, I mean, I think everyone kind of saw it as a defensive liability from the beginning. Uh, having to start in place of Nacho Monreal, who still has not recovered yet from his uh, from his lingering injury. Hector Bellerin has to leave early yep. in the match, so Licksteiner comes back in. Yep. Uh, good for you guys that you have somebody that's you know his quality to be able to do that. But no, I just feel like this is a little bit. This is not. This is by the end of the match. This is barely Arsenal that's that's out there in right. a way com yeah. compared to the team that's typically been playing so hopefully it's a you know a more of a full strength arsenal squad that gets to, you know that gets to go out there against liverpool but i guess what i'm saying is you know they they just didn't do all that much here and compared to the you know kind of the the beautiful game that they've been playing the past few weeks where you just look you know you see the you know it, it's like a you know, it's a highlight that's getting shared by people who don't even follow football that yeah. much. You know, some of the some of the build up play that they had for some of their goals and you know, come into this match where it's like a real grind. And even then they give the game away. Yeah. You know, it requires a, a Crystal Palace comeback. Right. To get a to get a draw for the first time, you know, that Arsenal doesn't win in you know, in a fourteen hundred matches. So either way, I guess I guess the the whole point is what are you doing with anyone else? Is there anyone else? Despite the fact that Urza was one of the most purchased midfielders entering this match, looking at this matchup, is there anybody else that you should even be considering here? No, I don't think so. Okay. I really don't. And, and you're not buying you're not buying Urza no, yourself. I'm not. No, I no, but I'm I'm keeping my eye on it. I, I think his production, his new role, um, it seems like he's been on again, off again, on again, off again the last 
six weeks, like 10-3-10-0-12-2, which means this next week against Liverpool could be his match. So we'll see. Uh, okay. I'm not expecting big things, but we we shall see. Fulham, zero. Cherries, three. That's the Bournemouth Cherries. Yep. First time in my notes that I actually just wrote Cherries and not Bournemouth. Brian, Bournemouth lived up to all the offensive dreams I think that we were hoping for. If we get a chance to talk about Bournemouth in part one of this podcast at any point before Christmas, I will I will retire it, from it's, doing this. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Oh, it is so good that they are doing good. Look, there there's three places with that when was there's three players because we're getting uh long in the mouth short on time that we need to discuss. And we can do this in in there's four places. Four players actually. Surprise! Brian, no Josh King. So I'll mention that. That's one of the places. That's yeah. one of the players we're, we're going to discuss. Thank you for bringing that up. Ryan Frazier, David Brooks, surprise there. Callum Wilson. Let's start with Josh King. Brian, no one was more affected than you than when Josh King didn't start this week. Tell us why. Well, I mean, I asked the question, you know, before of, Callum Wilson or Josh King, you know, which which guy are you buying? And to me, I mean, I, I there's I there's no reason not to me going into this match. There was no reason to pick I I don't see where it would have been bad to pick both. Sure. Until you get to the week and then you see that Josh King didn't play and then it was very obvious you should have picked one. <laughs> and the okay. one that you should have picked was Callum Wilson. And so sure. um this is a two week injury for me. Because not only did I buy him last week when he outscored Callum Wilson two to one, which was oh. a wonderful amount to get from a minus four to have to oh. get him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then to get him a, a zero to get the fact that he was my captain this right. week, which Bournemouth- since I decided not to go with a, an, an additional sale. I withheld. I made a single transfer this week. I made one move. Okay. Kane to Lacazette. Yeah. That was it. Since I did not make the move for any Liverpool player, I decided the best matchup available is Cherries playing against Fulham. And I said, I have Josh King. I will go completely off script here, and I will captain Josh King. And I will make Andy Robertson my vice captain. I should be okay. On paper, fantastic decision. Especially because one of Callum Wilson's goals, of course, was a penalty, which he scored. And if Josh King was available and he would playing in the match, it. that would have been a Josh King penalty that at least he took. Yep. And I don't even. I can't even feel bad about it because just mere days before, Eddie Howe said he should be available. Josh oh, King should brother. be available. And proceeded wow. to talk about how much better Josh King could continue to be. Mm. How important not only he is for the Cherries, but how much more he can end up accomplishing as a Premier League player. All of this to say, by the time I was smashing my head through my uh, <laughs> the plaster wall in my dining room as all of my fantasy week was crumbling to bits, all I could think is, I deserve this. Oh, no one... Um, no one deserves that, Brian. 
Tell me about Callum Wilson Callum is just Callum Wilson. Wilson is just is just awesome, and he's playing he's playing outstanding. Um, one interesting thing about fantasy for fantasy purposes about Callum Wilson, uh, fantasy scout, fantasy football scout talked about it this week. Callum Wilson has four goals in away matches. He only has one goal in at home so far. That's weird. Same for assists. Five of his seven assists have been in away, away. matches. Weird. Um, as they said, it's almost like he prefers crashing the other team's party. So yeah. I feel like that's an interesting thing for him. He's been, but he's been outstanding. The points don't lie. You know, anyone who would have uh, avoided Callum Wilson, like I did up to this point, even <laughs> um, deserves not to get the points. So Ryan Frazier, or as I like to call him, the Scottish Shakiri. Okay, I've seen him referred to as the. Scottish Messi. This is quite high praise. Of course it's high praise. I think calling him the Scottish Messi is a little far. Maybe. And by body type, <laughs> I feel like he's more of a Shakiri. There's anyway. no doubt. In fact, he's Shakiri light. I, I love it. Yeah. And that's why I love Ryan Fraser Even... almost as much as I love Shakiri. <laughs> Either way. Real life leading, uh, real life Premier League leading five assists. Callum Wilson actually leads the fantasy Premier League in assists with seven, but in real life, Callum, or Ryan Frazier has five. I just want to say, look, this is the one thing I want to talk about with Ryan Frazier, and it's the reason why I get that there's consternation for most folks looking ahead at the Bournemouth schedule. It hasn't affected purchases because Ryan Frazier's price has gone up yet again, even this uh, coming into this week. He should be up to 6.1, up again from just just recently from 6, and the performances will do that for you. But even in this match, finishes with two assists. He added to his, his key pass total. He has 25 key passes for the season, which is the fourth most. He's tied with Eden Hazard for the fourth most key passes in the Premier League. A key pass defined as the pass that a pass that leads to a shot. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. Something I saw, and the reason why I, I want to just take one minute to say the reason why this matters and the reason why I feel like I bring it up a lot is because there's an article, even if it was a few years ago, on a web, uh, the website StatsBomb. Okay. StatsBomb, B-O-M-B. Website. Good website, great information, good blog. But they talked about, it was a while ago, they talked about ways to better evaluate because we talk about that a lot how many key passes does a guy have i say that a lot and you know yeah for sure i like to see that number but at the same time it's like what does that actually do for a player stats bomb tried to do this a few years ago to talk about what exactly how is the best way to evaluate what the what a key pass actually does two things that they talked about first of all where on the pitch does the key pass occur where exactly is the position that the play, the player who's making the pass makes the pass? Right. Where is someone receiving the pass? That obviously is going to impact whether or not a player scores. So that affects expected goals. Right. It affects expected assists. That's a metric people pay attention to now. I think these are completely reasonable ways to evaluate this sort of statistic. Ryan Frazier's 25 key passes works itself out in his amount of playing time to 2.6 key passes per 90 minutes. So it's the seventh best key pass per 90 minute 
in the Premier League. It matters more because that is a minimum. That's for all players with a minimum of eight appearances. So eight appearances or more. Ryan Fraser's done this consistently as an average over 90 minutes for the course of, over the course of the season. 52% of his key passes, 13 of the 25 key passes, were made inside the 18-yard box or just outside of it. So over half of his key passes are key passes made leading to shots that are taken in the box. Right. I wanted I the only reason why I want to I want to highlight that just okay. to be able to say when he has five assists and when he's going forward and he already is on, he has as he's on pace to outscore himself from as far as goals to like to blow away his goal total from last year. To me this is exactly the kind of thing when we look at this when you know when you're looking at this statistic it's not just like oh he's got a lot of key passes that really matters right it's because of this it has it, it says a lot for a player like him it says a lot about where exactly it is that the ball is being received and when you have someone who's scoring in the way that Callum Wilson is scoring this season the way that he Callum Wilson and Josh King are playing together David Brooks, now a beneficiary of this exact kind of thing. Right. Cherries are have been flying, and this, yes, the schedule has been very good for them. But at the same time, like I've said it before, and I think it's I think it's fairly obvious, Ryan Frazier's involvement in the offense here is substantial. All right. Now, Brian, I want to bring up a couple points to that. Does it concern you that 64% of Ryan Frazier's points or in three of ten games. Yes. Okay. I don't want. I would not want my player to have gigantic amounts of points in a few matches, and then not very many points in other matches. Would you feel better about it if the player had, in five of ten games, fifty percent scoring returns? Yes. In this now game? that I would like. Okay. I want. Re- I want attacking returns in half of the matches. That would be amazing. Okay. That's what Ryan Fraser is doing. Yes. He's giving you something, some form of attacking return in 50% of his games. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty outstanding. good. Right. There- and I'd say, too, like a good comparison. So, not just, this isn't just like, oh, key passes. So, he's very good at this. Jean Michael Sari, who's also very good this season in terms of, of creativity. We've talked about him. I've talked about him in a differential column. Right. He's, he's been he's on the radar for some folks. He's been good this season as well. He had five key passes in this exact match. Right. Which is which is substantial. Also, four of those were from corner kicks. His one key pass that was that was on the pitch during in what you would say is open as open play. He kicked the ball. The key pass was made just over midfield, the midfield line. Right. I want my guy kicking closer. Mm-hmm. If I can have a guy kicking closer. Yeah. And. Yes, it's good that he takes corner kicks. We talk, we use that as an example. Like you want a guy taking free kicks, you want a guy on corner kicks. But when you know that Fulham has scored one set piece goal this season, him taking corner kicks is not it for the for their offense. It has not mattered. Yep. So it's the difference in returns. the The Cherries' offense compared to the Fulham offense. John Michael Sari compared to Ryan Frazier, they may have similar statistics in terms of what they're doing in key passes, but 
where those key passes are. I think mm. the reason why the stats bomb article, I feel like really kind of helps with this kind of thing is because you get to see kind of where exactly that's happening. Brian, I currently am a David Brooks owner. Yeah. At $5.1 billion. Mm-hmm. Should I be okay with the fact that the last four weeks he's produced a six, nine, one, and an eight? Three out of the four weeks scoring returns. What should I think about And he's this? done that almost purely on goal scoring. It's true. So that is the tough thing for David Brooks for me. Because is that it's, it's based entirely on goals. Like if he's getting bonus points or other things, it would make you look at it a little sharper. Well, yeah, I mean, Callum Wilson's the goal scorer. Right. Josh King has been the goal scorer. Right. I don't expect Ryan... I'm not expecting Ryan Frazier to score a goal. If Ryan Frazier scores a goal, you are thrilled. That's I feel like that is, that's bonus on top right. of whatever else he's going to give you. So, yeah, I mean, it is a little concerning for David Brooks. I get why, you know, as a guy who... Because he's, he's cheap. He's yeah. super cheap. Yep. And in this run of matches, which have been outstanding, yes. He's and, been good. And compared to, say, like the N'Golo Contes and some of the other guys who are in the $5 range, sure. you know, I guess the question would be, like, would you rather really, really save money and take a guy playing 90 minutes like Philip Billing, who's four and a half? Right. Would you rather, would you rather go all the way to the bottom? There's a guy in this match. Uh Kevin McDonald, yeah. the red card getter. <laughs> uh, you may actually have owned him, some folks out there. I know he's not owned very much, but he's uh-huh. 4.4, and he's been getting fairly consistently, has played Play 90 time, minutes yeah. over the course of the season so yeah. far. Hey, maybe he he drops even lower now. Maybe. But, like, I guess that's the question. Do you want to own $5 or right. when you bought him, or now 5.1 David Brooks, or... Do you need that fifth midfield spot to be somebody as cheap as you can possibly get it for the sake of getting that extra yeah. half do- half pound or more? Brian, is there anything else that we should mention about Fulham other than the fact that Sherla had another great shot? Sherla didn't, didn't see any returns here, but looked threatening. My only well, issue is Sherla's price compared to other players around that price. I'd rather have those other players as he is a 6.0. We just talked about Ryan. Fra- I mean, he, yeah, he's going to own Sherla over Frazier? No. Well, so Sherla, for, he had the, the one good chance for Fulham in the match. And the only shot that Fulham had on target. Just sad. Yeah. Alexander Mitrovic is still one of the most owned forwards in FPL. Right. But he's down to 6.9. He's the second most transferred out for the week. For of all players so far, over sixty thousand transfers out. So is this is this like distrust? Like for someone like him who's been scoring really well, who's still up there in the top of of you know as far as goal scoring, like actual goal scoring is us is has been good for the season. Is this distrust in Mitrovic in his form, which is definitely dipped, or is this more about Fulham? I think it's about Fulham. I really do, unless about Mitrovic. It's just tough. It's tough to score goals when you're not getting great service. It's just a team that doesn't seem to have a lot of consistency. I think it's finally starting to show up. Zero shots for Mitrovic against Cardiff would have been it for me. That would have been the end as far as I'm concerned. But this match, two shots, 
both off target for Mitrovic. I mean, they play Huddersfield next. Well, I mean, like the matchups have been okay. Yeah, they play Huddersfield and then at Liverpool, and then they get Southampton after yeah. that. So it's two of the next three are fine. <clears throat> yeah, no, th- those aren't bad. It, it just and Scott said that too. Like the matchups are are in they the matchups are the kind of matchups where you're like, do you really give up on these guys? They're still plus matchups yeah. overall. Up the cherries. Watford three, Huddersfield zero. Brian, goals coming from Roberto Pereira, Dale Lefeu, and Isaac Success. Dave, yeah. Roberto Pereira is the third most transferred in player this Holy week. Holy smokes! This guy, this guy's the Jekyll and Hyde. One of what? the top four last week of transfers. Scott, in. if Scott was here, if only Scott I know. was here. The eye rolling. And the I, what are you doing, people? What are you doing well, transferring in Pereira? So, and for the first time ever in a long time, I'm probably agreeing with him. He would say Pereira is super streaky. This is what happened in, in the beginning of the season, and it's just happening now. He's about to go cold again. Don't buy him, people. Spend your money on Frazier or somewhere else. I guess my question is, is. And if Scott was here, I would want to ask, does this mean, is it a reversal of, of what Scott had said before? I wasn't, I wasn't wrong. I just wasn't right yet. So the reversal would be, I'm not right. Right. I'm just not yet. wrong yet. Yeah, well, at least, I mean, look, they killed Huddersfield. Everyone's killing Huddersfield. Pereira, obviously. Pereira's, Pereira's goal. It was great. Talk about unsustainable. Sure. Uh, how many defenses is he going to waltz through like that? Right. Same way right. with Dale LeFay's goal. Right. How many how many times is he going to get that kind of opportunity? Pereira had other chances. I mean, Watford was just good. Watford just they didn't they didn't bury some chances that you think they should have, and they they got goals on chances that you just think, how in the world did that happen? The, w- one of the best things of the match was Ben Foster. Ben Foster and was the facial the actual man of the match. That he was making off of the saves that he was having to make were just amazing. Which was why I say I think Huddersfield, man, I hate to drag luck into this, but boy, I feel like they were unlucky. Yeah, agree. Outshot, outpossessed Watford. Seven shots on target to Watford six. Yeah, Ben Foster was just a man. Chris Chris Lova's Lova's shot. Brian, you're not going to bring was a freaking rocket. This. And it took a man of the match save from Ben Foster to keep it out. It he did. got fingertips on it to get it to the bar. Otherwise, it's going in. It, it was a it was a great shot. So look, the, I, well, let's get up. The, well, the question is, Dave, is there anyone are you in buying here? Pereira? Yeah, are you buying? Pereira? No, no, no way. Okay, so you're not buying Pereira. I'm going. I'm coming from the Scott's house in honor of Scott. I am honoring him and bringing the Watford hate and saying, "I there's no one on Watford I want to own." Definitely not owning Pereira. He is a super streaky player. Watford still has two good matches left before they play Liverpool. Don't they care. play at Newcastle and at Southampton. Don't care. Okay. So if it's not Roberto Pereira, which everyone else seems to be buying, <laughs> okay. Um, I would like to bring Jose Holobas into this. In a segment we like to call, Que la pasa Jose Holobas? <laughs> okay. What yeah. happened to Jose Holobas? I don't know. FantasyScout.uk had him as one of their teams of the week. Fantasy Scout had him in the team of the week. Uh, Fantasy Premier League last week. Direct quote. 
The scout reckons the Watford fullback can punish recent sellers at home to Huddersfield. So here's what happened. What actually happened to what him? Actually, what actually Adam happen? Messina happened to him. I so know. Adam Messina has been excellent in his place. Came in and played in the match where Holobus was suspended. Look, I don't want to go back in time forever all the time. We live, back in live the time only machine? in the past here. But we mentioned Adam Messina in the preseason podcast. Summer signing for Watford from Bologna. I do not remember any of this. So uh, re-educate me. Listen, he was an excellent. Pre- he was in excellent preseason form, and some folks had him on their radar. Uh, so Adam Messina finally gets a shot. He's back-to-back matches here. I would say playing very well in uh, in the absence of Holobos. Gets an assist here. Uh, put in four crosses. So he is. You know. I mean that that. That position is busy, you know, no matter who it is. Um, so back-to-back clean sheets for Adam Messina. He's just 4.3 pounds. He's owned by a less by a total of less than 5,000 managers as of yesterday. Uh, that may have gone up, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how much uh, Javi Gracia is, is prone to roll with the hot hand, but... Hey, Adam Messina, uh, you know, as mentioned, Watford Observer is one of the places that talked about him too. Is like he has a history. He has kind of a hothead history. So you know, Holobos. I mean, that's the that kind of is the hallmark of Holobos. But but yeah, Adam Messina is playing great in uh, in in uh, Holobos's position. Messina in the last two weeks, seven and eight. Yep. So, so and then Dave on the other side. Welcome back. Kiko Feminia. Kiko Feminia. Gets an assist. Yep. Third straight start for Kiko. Uh, after the Daryl Yanmott injury, Mark Navarro got a one-match chance to play that role, uh, I believe, on the right side. Trial by fire. And uh, and now, hey, Kiko's showing everyone how it's done. The initial timetable for Yanmott was five or six weeks. He had a procedure done on his knee. Um, that was September 27th that that timetable was given. So, I don't know. If we find out Janmat's training, back in training, or something like that next week, maybe. But um, So that's the reason why I... like. You're hesitant on Kiko? I'm more hesitant on Kiko because Janmat's been in that position and been producing. I, it's not like you can't say that about Holobos, but Messina was a summer signing. Right. They brought Messina in... I mean, Holobos was is we we've said it forever. He's a yellow and or red card waiting to happen all the time. So if Messina's performing, he's he's doing the thing that they expect from Holobos, and he's performing at the same level and is and is a you know I guess if that's a Javi Gracia guy, I I would be more I would be more apt to purchase Messina. Okay. Knowing that Kiko did have a shot at this last year, and we've only seen Janmat before the injury this year. Kiko Femini in the last two match weeks. He's been awesome. Six and 12. Got all three bonus points this past week with that assist. Yeah, and given the matchup, like we said, Watford's got Newcastle and Southampton away in their next two. Pretty good. If If I was doing, oh, I don't know, if it was like a daily fantasy thing, I wouldn't shy away from someone like Kiko. Buying him, I, 
holy cow, I wish I knew he was playing right now. You'd buy him in an instant. Hold on, 4.2. 4.2 is and, ridiculous. And Messina's 4.3. Both right. of them, That's who what I mean. thought we would be saying this, are decent I I would thoughts. prefer, if it's me, I would prefer Messina. <clears throat> That's only, like I said, it's only based on, it's based on the fact that he's, that he was brought here for this. He was brought in for the competition in that in the in Holobas's position. Right. Like I said, it's not like Kiko didn't have his moment last year. Kiko was great for a stretch last season. And like I I think like I said, I think we'll I, I would be I would want to see I would want to see this in the weeks to come. I think this is really interesting. Could be great for either of these guys. All right, Brian. As uh we wrap up this match. You give one word. You Can't. have one more word on okay. Huddersfield. Lerva 58 crosses on the season, six <laughs> most in the Premier League, word. and the same number of crosses that Ryan Fraser has. Is that is I, that okay? I had a gut feeling that was Huddersfield has three of their next five matches at home. Okay. And overall, like they have a pretty good stretch of matches for a while. They play Fulham and West Ham in their next Would two. you rather have Lerva or... Kiko or Messina? I don't. I mean, I'm not buying because, any of those guys. Okay, fair but enough. But I'm. I, but all I'm saying is, look, Huddersfield, you're not. It's not the dumbest thing. I made the case for Lursel a, a couple weeks ago as a differential. I mean, as goalkeepers go, at someone at four point four, sure, why not? You want to save yourself a tenth on one of the, you know, as your second goalkeeper, you could do that. I don't know how many people still have a wild card. Either way, you're not buying any of their attacking options. We, you've talked about Philip Billing. Uh, I, I think that the statistics on, on someone like Lerba are, are very good. But are you really buying these guys? Probably not. Probably not. Just like a, as an observation, just that they have some good matches coming up. Manchester United 2, Everton 1. Welcome to the bottom of the podcast Manchester United. I thought we'd never discuss them. Pogba, Brian, with a goal and an assist, uh-huh. followed by a Anthony Martial goal. Goals for Everton. Gilfie Sigurdsson, a penalty in the 77th minute. I am not wearing my Gilfie Sigurdsson sh- t-shirt. Surprisingly, tonight. you're not. Should be. He's one of, one of the best players in the Premier League this season. Are we talking about him right, right off? Or we well, want to talk United? Let's start with Manchester United. Okay. Because what I want to say about Manchester United is, I know there's clubs that we talk about where it's like, oh, I don't know what to make heads or tails of this situation. I don't know what to make of <laughs> Paul Pogba or Manchester United. Or Anthony it, Martial. It seems like the one United guy that you'd own changes every two weeks. I, yeah, that's fair. So, first of all, I feel like the the case for fantasy Premier League Paul Pogba is fairly obvious. If you want to argue for Pogba, sure. I feel like his F, his FPL case is has been made. He's on penalties and and his potential, right? So, twenty six total shots for Paul Pogba is the fourth best in the Premier League. the The stat that I think is a little. You know, it's not shocking, but I think it's it's surprising a little bit that his 19 shots on target is the most of any player in the Premier League. He had yeah. five of his six shots in this match were on target. Yeah. Yes, Pickford makes a great save on his penalty attempt. Yes, he buries the rebound. So 
good on you, Pogba. The run up is is dumber than dumb. is idiotic, and everyone hates it rightly. And it looks like you know you're I don't know it's just a a guy <clears throat> you know trotting as a joke. But either way, he has 14 key passes. Right, it's the most of anyone in Manchester United. The next closest Manchester United player in key passes is 12. That's Alexis. Who can't see the field right, right. now. What a non-factor for them. So Amazing. Look, he's his price makes him somebody that I think is attainable. Yeah. I think his role, because of what he's doing, I think he it makes him desirable enough. If, you, if you've stuck with Pogba this far in the season, I don't know why you're, you're not unhappy with him. Um, you've alternated matches here the last few weeks of, of like, of returns and no returns. He's but been okay. You're right. It, it's it's assist, nothing, assist, nothing, goal. It's been okay. If you know, It might help that if Romelu Lukaku was playing better, uh, his, right. Pogba's numbers might be better. If Sanchez was actually doing something, maybe Pogba's numbers would be better. But look, be I mean, he's on total for the season. He's on 44 points, so it's 12th. I mean, it's he's he's tied for twelfth. He has the yeah. same number of points as Ross Barkley and Willian, and and I know that's exactly why I'm sure everybody is rushing to Ross Barkley because he's scored forty of his forty four points in the last three weeks. Right. So, but either way, I'm just saying, like, that's not a bad total for somebody no. who for somebody who's eight pounds. So, we I feel like that's something that we've said all along. That middle class of of midfielders he's in this a weird season price is point. in a he's in a weird price range. And I, you know, a lot of people still own him, yeah. but I don't think you're. I don't think you're terribly unhappy with him. All right. Um. So far this season, let's, let's discuss Anthony Martial. And before we do that, I just want to say this: I, I don't think that Romelu Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez, or anyone in the Manchester United defense at the moment needed need to be owned. I think earlier Luke Shaw was good. I've always loved Antonio Valencia. Mm-hmm. And or Ashley Young, but for whatever reason, United can't seem to get it together yeah. defensively. And I think they have one clean sheet this whole year. It, it just, it they've they've struggled. So yeah, I mean, in we my talked opinion, to, we, I have I've always kind of had a, a United defender. This year, I have not. After the first week or so, I have stayed away from them. Yeah, and like we said during the you know at the end of the. Even the Bournemouth match, just thinking of that as their next, thinking of that as their next matchup. Yeah, like Manchester United's been good against them, but I mean, this defense, this Manchester United defense, is just not. I mean, it's just lacking yeah. something, yep. and so you know, you, you there are places where they probably should have done better. You know, you expect. I think that's exactly it. You expect more from them, but you're exactly right. I don't think you're owning. If I even if I had Luke Shaw, who I've defended on here multiple times, like yeah, I would definitely have been finding yeah. a way to move on from him. Uh, Lukaku is really disappointing. Yep. recently, Agreed. and I get it. Even this match, like if you're looking for ways to rotate, like I suppose this is as good of a, of a match as any to give yeah. him a, a rest. If you're if you're Mourinho, he's out of you know he's definitely out of form. Something that Mourinho's commented on, so. He gets to sub on here for a minute and continue to do nothing. Let's quickly discuss Anthony Martial. But Martial is, is, it's what we said last week. The question. 7.4 pound dollars. He's, he keeps going up. He's still one of the most purchased players headed into this next, last three weeks, 13, 15, and nine. He has, in those weeks, and this for me 
is the most impressive thing. Three, three, and two, those are his bonus points. Mm-hmm. He is almost maxed out. He's got eight of nine available possible bonus points in the last three match weeks. What does that tell you? He's doing things that we're not even keeping track of. And he's doing them well. Now, it also helps when you score goals and assists, but he has four goals and one assist in the last three match weeks. I'm just saying. Yeah. This we, guy, Hey, look, we talked about it last week. I mean, anyone else could have checked his record against Everton. I mean, we said it last week. He scored He scored both home and away against, against Everton, Everton last year. season. So, yeah, I mean, he. yeah, definitely I agree with any announcer that I think one of the announcers said it this weekend. He loves scoring against Everton, and he did, and he continues playing really well. Jesse Lingard, I said that was the one thing, if I was concerned about it, that Lingard's back. And, you know, the question is, how do you take an, an in-form Anthony Martial out? And the question is, I don't know, can you read the mind of Mourinho? <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's more reports this week about uh, Mourinho, kind of some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, the way he's really been trying to boost the confidence of Martial. Uh, Nemanja Matic just talked about that. Uh, just talked about how he's really, you know, behind the scenes has been way more uh, encouraging, and you know, it maybe it doesn't, it, it isn't in reality what it has looked like some uh, some of this season, okay. the way Mourinho has uh, kind of uh, trying to develop him. So, in we said like, look, I, I am not, I, I, there is not one part of me that is is against Anthony Martial. He's in unreal form right now. I just don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I I feel like how I don't know how long you can count on this. Okay. So I still have the same concerns I had before, but I again, I I think as a player he looks amazing. He should have had more than a goal in this match. Okay. So, yeah. I mean he's excellent. Everton, Gilfie. FPL reminded us yesterday or two days ago five goals for Gilfie Sigurdsson, the most of any midfielder. In the last six weeks, Richarlison gets the assist rightfully. He gets here. taken down. Well, in he the gets box. taken down in the box. Yes, yeah, so he gets the FPL assist. So, um, I am a Richarlison owner. I think that Richarlison's price is still outstanding. But, like I said, this is exactly why. Seeing what Gilfie Sigurdsson is doing this season, you know, he finishes with. You know, in a match where he scores the a late penalty, is the only Everton you know Everton player, attacking player to finish with bonus point. Pickford was the you know Pickford finishes with three three bonus points in this right. match. Martial rightly gets two. Yep. So you know, I I said I, my feeling about Gilfie is is just that because of what he is to their offense, because of what he is doing, if he's also so being on penalties, and then on top of that. He is just as active taking shots and creating shots as any other player that there is so far this season. There is nothing not to like about Gilfie, and I cannot possibly fault you for owning him, uh, especially looking ahead. Two of their next three, they play Brighton, Brighton at Chelsea, and then Cardiff. So Brighton and Chelsea at home in two of their next three matches. What are you afraid of here with, with Everton assets? Richarlison or Gilfie. Remember, I would also say too, remember last season, Richarlison's kind of coming out party last season was against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So, look, this Everton team is playing 
very well. Playing nice right you're now. Right, you're right. Nice is a better term than very well. They are not they are not killing it by any means. They had some moments here. Uh would you like to uh immortalize one of the bad moments? Yeah, Dave? I was gonna bring that up. My Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award. <laughs> okay. Because we already had yours. Goes to Bernard. Yeah. Bernard is going in with an amazing through ball, and he is a one-on-one. He dribbles, out-dribbles De Gea. Yeah, he lays De Gea straight down. Goes around him. Yep. Fakes him, puts De Gea on the ground, has a completely open net. Misses. Misses it into the side net. Side netting, and then the uh, the old uh, explanatory hand gesture. What was that? Who was on the? Who right. was in the center of the box? Was it Walcott? Was it somebody else? Somebody or, was tracking back. But um, he had not only did he have an open oh, net. Oh yes, he, he had a yes. he had a player to pass. I don't remember to. who it was. He wasn't that open, but there was someone there. Yeah. So yeah, he he not only did he foul it up by shooting it, he also fouled it up by not passing it. Brighton one, Wolves zero. Ryan, the Wolverhampton Wolves, who had, it feels like kind of been on a a warm streak. I wouldn't. Call I like it a calling hot them streak. the Wolverhampton Wolves. You don't like that? The, well, I mean, the Wolverhampton. You you can call them the Wanderers. They are but, the Wanderers. But I like the Wolverhampton Wolves. I think that's that's better. kind of sort of redundant, is it not? It's fine. The Wolves. Does anyone go the Wanderers? Oh, here come the Wanderers. I don't think so. Like drop I think it. You just call them the Wolves. Just drop it. Everyone says Wolves. Anywho. The lukewarm wolves. Yeah, they, they. I wouldn't say they were hot. No, but they weren't cold either. Um, man, they struggled here. Well, at least on the score sheet. Yes, and the final outcome. Yes, it is a struggle. However, I concur with match of the day announcer Steve Wilson. What did he say? How oh how did wolves not break through in this match? <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a wall called Matt Ryan. Outshot the gulls twenty five to seven, Dave. Seven shots on target to one. The gulls. And of course, who That's scores a- with the one the one seagull shot on target? Of course it's Glenn Murray, because he has like the five only, goals in the season with six shots on goal. The only goal the only gull shot on target from Glenn Murray. Matt Darty, Doherty. If you want to, if you want to get all, wow. you want to get all, uh, all Irish about it. Yep. He and Ruben Neves led everyone with. They each had six, six shots. Darty had, had four inside of the eighteen yard box. Man, he's active, in and there, he right? should have scored with his first shot. Yeah. He just dragged it just the tiniest bit wide. Yeah. To me, this is the second time that this is the second time that in a row. Yeah. That Brighton have gotten absolutely shelled by somebody. And somehow managed to not give up a goal. <laughs> and not for any of their... And like this is the part that drives me crazy. It's not because of their defensive stability and tightness. It's Duffy it, and Dunk. It was, just, it was just those moments that... You want to blame, blame a, a player being more clinical? That a more clinical player puts things away? There's no reason that Wolves shouldn't have put one of these, one of these away. Should, absolutely should not uh, have ended 1-0. I get it. Uh, first of all... You you own Darty? I absolutely. Are you considering selling him? Nope. Right now. Nope. Because he's playing. He's playing. He's listed as the defender. The Wolverhampton had a starting t- 
top three. They played a three four three four three. three. Yep. And he's listed as one of the four across the middle. Yep. And he's in the box more than the top three. So, you know what? If he's leading the roll with it. If he's leading the team and touches in the box, uh, give me some some Doherty. Yeah, and the issue for anyone who because he is being sold a bit at this point, but Spurs and it's because of the matchups. They play home to Spurs and then at, at Arsenal for their next two matches. They follow it up with Huddersfield and Cardiff. For the next two, I get it. You probably are not playing him. Um, but either way, you know, if also you know, for me, I'm I'm also I think I'll just hold. I don't see sure. a I don't see a reason to to sell him now and then, you know, I don't know what else you're doing. The other hot commodity for Wolves for a while there was Jimenez. Right. Who he, he's cooled off a lot. Still shooting. Like but still, ha- still having some attempts, but ice consecutive weeks, early sub also. So fifty nine minutes last week, sixty minutes this week. Um, look, if it's like I'm a, I still am holding to Danny Ings as that, you know, as that price. They're, you know, they've been equally ineffective here recently. So, but um, yeah, especially because the matchups in the next two are not great. I don't, you know, Jimenez is to me. Not as essential as he was. Yeah, you want to talk about Glenn Murray? A little bit. Okay. I mean, I I know some people own him. I'm not saying he's a bad own. Um, he's an okay own. I think there are better options. Yeah. But he has scored what five goals? He's six. He's sco- he has scored six goals. He's right up there for the most on part the on seven the- shots on target. Right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like he has a he lot. He has goals. scored. Six goals with seven shots on target. It is positively decoraying yes, so far this season. There's no doubt. And I just don't feel like that's going to keep up. He is 35, and he's going to have to start sitting some games, maybe not playing as much or getting subbed out. It Look, it. He's. I'm not hitting on Glenn Murray. He won me bets last year. I like Glenn Murray. I'm just saying I think we should pump the brakes a little bit. Well, I mean, the fact that he was in the match, I think, already was... I was a little surprised. I felt like they were... After, you're I, right. After getting clubbed last week, actually, he got knocked out. On the pitch, he had the weird kind of half-paralyzed fall. His yeah, body, it looked his body it looked locks awful. up. Right. Absolutely terrible. He should at least be sitting a week. At past, least. Past fit, man. So that was the thing. So the fact that he's in there is, is you know, trust the, trust the professionals and the medical staff there that they know what they're doing. The thing with Glenn Murray, and this is the tough thing for me, I and mean, we've already talked about this as far as the Brighton schedule. Yes, it's it's a plus schedule, but Glenn Murray has scored five of his six goals yeah. at home so far okay. this season. Yeah, His one away goal was a stoppage time penalty equalizer against Southampton. Right. So you don't love that. No. Uh, because, as we've talked about already, in this run of, of positive matchups for Brighton, four of their next six matches now are away. Mm. And the next two, their next two are at Everton and at Cardiff. I get it. Cardiff's a, the league whipping boy right now, one of the league whipping boys right now. But you're still talking about two away matches consecutively and then four of the next six. They play Leicester at home in three weeks. You don't love that matchup for don't love that much no, for Brighton. No, I, you know, I'm, that's I'm looking at that as a, someone who owns Leicester assets and thinking like, good. I'm glad for that. Yeah, like I feel like that. It's not like Manchester United coming in there. 
Right. Where Manchester United has some kind of weird True. voodoo against them when they get there. Leicester versus Brighton, closer to mid-table matchup. I like the fight there better than yeah. I do one of the you know one of the bigger clubs. Either way, Matt Ryan keeps crushing it. Dunk, Duffy, Bruno, all those guys are are have been really good as far as fantasy points are concerned. I say ridiculously lucky as far as fan- <laughs> because a lucky thing that they're fan- as far as fantasy points are concerned. What am I going to do? Hey, can't Matt- argue against luck, and I can't argue against points. Matt Ryan, last three weeks, I this is mind blowing. Nine, eleven, ten out of a possible nine bonus points that he would have been available for the last three match weeks, he got seven. Yeah, he's been he's been unreal. Seven saves here. Gets two bonus points. That drags his bonus point average for the last three weeks down a bit. No, I totally get it, especially if you're going to still talk about the overall, you know, the overall type of matchup they have ahead. It's still overall favorable schedule, even if four of the next six are away. Are you get? Would you would you predict a clean sheet for them at Everton? No, there's no way they're doing that, right? No, not at all. all. Whatever. I mean, they might watch them do it. The next two weeks, as far as Wolves are concerned, this is not something. If you are a Jimenez, Doherty, Johnny, Rui Patricio, are you selling players like that because of the next two weeks? Spurs and Arsenal in the next two weeks. I don't love it. I only uh, will tolerate Doherty because there's a chance he could give me some offensive returns. But if I cannot start Doherty, because that's the one Wolf I do own, over the next two weeks I won't. If okay. I had Patricio, I would just wouldn't start him in the, the right. next two weeks. Okay. So just I just as a point of just as a, a clarifying point, point this is sure. not we're not this is not Wolves. fire sale on Wolverhampton. This is it's a pause. This is just hey, this is what your bench is for. Take a pause. Leicester one, West Ham one, Fabian Balbuena, Brian thirty minute goal, toe poke, followed by. A, Almost at the death goal by Wilfred Ndidi in the 89th minute, assisted by Damari Gray. My gosh, what a weird game. Yep. Because West Ham played so well against the odds. Uh, Mark Noble with a red card in the 38th minute. Horrible challenge. It was not good. I'm not sure there was a lot of intent there, but you could not argue with the result. I I, I actually don't think he saw... Who was it? Ndidi? I don't yeah. think he saw Ndidi coming. There, there very easily could have been two destroyed ankles in this match. Yeah. I don't, what, Is there sad, another one? Yeah, because Daniel Amarty's oh, broken yeah, yeah, ankle yeah. was disgusting. That's right, yeah. But it very well could have been Ndidi first. So Noble gets red carded after West Ham scored. So as a, as a hammer, you're, you're thinking, this is fantastic. We are We have them on the run. We have them on the ropes. And then Noble goes and gets red at card. King Power, at King Power. Yep. So and Hammers look very good. Hammers held on, and they even had some of their own chances to score later. And then Lester starts pouring it on. They make proper subs. The subs come in and have impacts. Uh, Vardy did not start this game. Yeah. Surprise. Uh, well, well, one of the first things I wanted to say to uh, a theme of the discussion for this match, to me, should be what are FPL managers doing okay, sure, and all across this match. Well, and the first, the reason why I say that is because so the two, the two biggest things that were 
that crushed FPL g- dreams for a lot of people this week was to see that Marco Arnautovic not, oh, yeah. is not starting and neither is Jamie Vardy. Surprise! That is a big surprise. Big surprise. So uh, both of them from illness-related uh, uh, suffering from illness. They both ordered from the same takeout place and it did not sit well with them. Condolences to everyone uh, across the pond. Hey, because whatever stomach virus is running through running through the area over there is must be terrible. Because it seems like everybody's got it. This is everyone segment, going to the same club? Did everyone go to the same sushi place? This what is segment, going on? This segment sponsored by Pepto Bismol. Should be. Where's Scott when we need him for this? I know. So Marco misses completely. Vardy comes on as a late sub. Yep. Vardy's still a good. Vardy. I thought he, a motivated Vardy. Give me a motivated Vardy. Marco initially it was thought to be related to his the bruise in his knee right which is a lingering issue and i still say should be i get i get the concern with that turns out that it's just uh well you know just illness sure that's why he ends up missing um both of them should be back normal next week i say what are fpl managers doing because marco is one of the most again one of the he's a, a sold character here as as far as FPL managers are are concerned, that illness seems I don't know what is everyone expecting him to be out again next week. He's the fourth most transferred out for of all players right now. So weird. What are you doing? We talked about this. He's this the schedule cannot be better for West Ham. I know. I'm not joking. They do not play. Their schedule is so nice, Brian. We we overall we. Until March 30th. We pumped them last week, their defense and Marco. We pumped them last right. week. They were an indeedy last-second goal away from, from getting that clean sheet. Yep. And so I think that this clean sheets are going to be there to be had. They're, next week, they're home to Burnley, then at Huddersfield. Obviously, home to United, is home to City is difficult. Then they're at Newcastle, home to Cardiff, home to Palace, at Fulham. My goodness! Yeah, the schedule. That's the entire bottom of the table. Yep, it's outstanding. And so, and me- the same thing. You see it in this match. It took a, a Mark Noble red card. Uh, sure, Leicester did have chances prior to that, but it's it is what you know, kind of what has been discussed. Like the Diop Balbuena partnership as the center back pairing and the defense has tightened up. Yeah, a ton. Fabianski in this match, you know. Uh, Fabianski, Balbuena Diop, Dave. We this was a part of the differential article for this from this podcast a couple weeks ago. Right. Mentioned Balbuena specifically on the podcast last week. You got instant returns. Finally got an instant return. He's still eleventh overall in in the FPL's threat rating. Okay. Eleven shots from Balbuena on the season is the eighth most for all defenders. Only two of those are on target, to be fair. Okay. However, this is a guy with that's up. He's up there, and obviously at four point four, still just four percent, point four percent owned. Yeah. I mean this this is a guy like you said too with Diop. Uh, if this is a tight defense, I you know I still say the same thing. I prefer the I prefer the attacking threat of Balbuena. Right. But you need to save another tenth. You can go to Diop for four point three. That's right. The last thing about Leicester, 
Yeah. All the attacking stats here are really skewed, I think. Just because, because of the red card. Because of the red card, but honestly, Leicester could hardly have done more than they did here. Right. Yet again, another another match where 21 shots, 45 crosses. Wow. Eight corners to West Ham's zero. What that That's it, interesting and telling. Mark Albrighton. I get it. You're not buying. I'm not saying this as like a fantasy own, but Mark Albrighton was busy. He had 24 crosses alone, and his had, crosses were very effective. He had 24 of the 28 crosses. He had 24 of 45 crosses. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, James Madison and Ben Chilwell combined for 15. Uh, also, both guys here. I think. I think. Look, they had they put passes where they needed to be. Yeah. And did not get the finishing that they that there needed to be on those passes. Yeah, Jamie Vardy needed to be in there. In the second part of the segment, what are FPL managers doing right. here? James Madison is the fifth most sold player in fantasy Premier League. Yeah, if this Leicester City schedule matters, which everyone agrees it does. Yeah, I'm not really sure why so many people are selling Madison. I feel like this schedule. Well, you know why I did. I know why you did, and it's about the money. It's about the money. I don't think any. I don't know how many other people are thinking that way. He's a hair's breadth's dot away from an assist here in yeah. this match. Yeah. This is two weeks in a row where it's like should be assists, ex- an expected assist or two in consecutive matches. He's tenth in the Premier League in key passes. Overall, yeah, per ninety minutes, two point four key passes per match, okay, which is the fifth best, fifth best in the Premier League overall. Yeah, along with five big chances created, the guy creatively is doing every bit as much as as anyone in the Premier League. Still, did their schedule? I'm I'm not kidding. Did their schedule change sometime in the last few days? And no, no one told, no one said anything. No, about it did it? not. It just other guys like Barkley. Everyone's going Madison to Barkley. I went there just because I was about to lose a tenth, okay, and I could gain a tenth. And I do, I understand. I'm not saying it's great fantasy advice. I love Madison. In fact, if I can get back to him, I will. Just like Hazard, like I'll come back to Hazard. Yeah. He's obviously a fantastic own. I only don't own them currently just because I'm being a little different. If you had to choose between Gilfie, Sigurdsson, your heart, your crush, and James Madison. Not a former U.S. president. Who would you choose? I would choose Gilfy. Okay. Now that's I'm saying that as a Madison owner. My issue has been that I've I have stuck with Richarlison, and that was also a a financial decision. Yeah. If I was if I was buying with my heart, I would have bought Gilfy a long time ago. Sure. But I would also own Shakiri if I was buying with my heart, and. Uh, I would also buy Clint Dempsey. <laughs> right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, um, so buying with your heart is not the way that to, not the way to go here. Understood. What I'm saying is like James Madison. Yes. If it like I get that. I get that decision. If you're chasing the if you're chasing the points and you're going straight to someone like Barkley or you're going straight to Anthony Martial, I, I just feel like that's such a flash in the pan. Sure. Comparatively. And the re- and the only reason why I say that is because the consistency of the returns and 
the schedule remaining as good as it is, I just think it's this is just unfortunate for Madison to not finish with more than he's got. Southampton zero, Newcastle zero in the snooze fest. In the game that was the biggest snooze fest, that means sleeping, Brian, this weekend, it was Southampton and Newcastle. You want to say three things about this? Brian, I'm going to say four things about Newcastle. Okay. No. Brian, I'm going to say four things about this match. Okay. Number one, Scott, I'm sorry. I mocked you for Ryan Bertrand a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And you have stuck with Ryan Bertrand. And Ryan Bertrand has done nothing but give you scoring returns and mocked me ever since I said don't own him. Scott, as you're listening, the last two weeks, he's had five and a six. That's pretty good. That you is like that good. better than than zero or one or two? That is pretty good. Now, Ryan, these next two items are going to be linked together. Okay. This is a fifth straight game without scoring for Southampton. Yeah, not good. Tell me about Danny Ings. It's not good for the Saints to go five matches with no goals. Okay. Um, in this match, they took 22 shots. Just four of those on target. Wow. Just four of those on target. Wow. No, none of them from a striker. Two total shots from an attacking player. Wow. You don't want Jack Stevens to have half of your on-target attempts in a match. I don't Jack care Stevens. who you are. Not the midfielder, Jack Stevens. No, the, the defender, defender, Jack Stevens. Jack Scott, Robert Stevens. Uh, Jack Stevens... Uh, Fantasy budget MVP from a couple uh, and half seasons ago. Absolutely. Um, Danny Ings in this match finished with 10 touches inside the 18-yard box. That's a ton. He had three shots. Like, how do you not? And he put in four crosses. Wow. How he did not get something, I don't know. Yeah. He his one pass that should have resulted in something was just a pass that was a touch behind Nathan Redmond. Yeah. Where he had an a, where he had to stop a little bit. If he puts the pass in front of Nathan Redmond, I like his chances to score and to finish. And I know it's Nathan Redmond, but it could have been better. Yeah, maybe. Danny Ings has 50% of Saints goals for the season. I guess so, we weren't done with Southampton. Look, all I'm saying is, I know. all I'm saying is, like, I get it. it. You're not getting anything, but he's my third. He's my third forward. So, that, and he's playing him? constantly. He is under no threat of losing time to Charlie Austin, yeah. to to Manolo Gabbiadini, or to Shane Long. He's okay. he is the he is facilitating those guys and is getting the minutes for five point six. Until I can make a a three person forward line that is all. $7 forwards or more, I am completely content having Danny Ings as my third guy. Brian, let's talk about Dubrovka. There's no one else in Newcastle. Four saves, two bonus points. Love it. All right. Love it. Probably unlucky here also that Shane Long can't finish. Yeah. But either way, you like the clean sheet from Dubrovka if you're a Dubrovka owner. Along with um, two bonus points. Yep. Uh, Saints schedule. Next week, you're not doing anything with any of your uh, Southampton players at Manchester City. 
but then Watford and at Fulham after that. Yeah. So useful matches. Home to Watford and then at Fulham. Useful matches. Newcastle, five of their next eight matches are at home. Wow. So in addition to being a, a decent schedule coming up in the next eight matches, five of them are at home. Okay. So, uh, so if you're going to think about Newcastle, you can think, they need think it. that way. They oh, need, yeah, they need, they need it for that. sure. Brian, we've done it. We've grinded through the matches by ourselves without Scott. We obviously at this point sounded like crap, probably. Brian, where can people find us? Anyone who cares to find us can find us in all of the usual locations. FantasySoccerFC.com yeah. is the website. Yeah. You could find us on uh, Twitter. Okay. At FantasySoccerFC on Twitter. Yep. And on Facebook. Find us there, too. Hey, listen. We uh, love what we do. And uh, we do it for fun. We'd love to get paid. Anyone who's interested in sponsorship, we'd love to reach out to us. We're going to be changing some things maybe over the next few weeks, adding some things, adding some sponsors, some exciting things. Yep. So reach out to us via Twitter, um, our website. You can contact us there as well with emails. So, hey, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're on, uh, you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure to give us a, a good rating. A good rating. Write us a nice review. No, of they, they can write a bad review. But just give us a good rating. But just give us a good rating. And uh, give us a good rating because it helps. It absolutely every good rating helps. Every podcast is going to say that, and it's true. Good ratings equal uh, equal good friends. That's right. So we need we need good friends. We all need good friends in days like these. Hey, for the Fancy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>